0: Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to
1: the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing. Whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place, so let's get after it. Welcome back to another episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast brought to you by elio to ceo Head over to elio to sign up for the free community today, and join our monthly workshops or we will help you start, grow, and scale your post-law enforcement business. Today, I am here with a topic you guys know that I am passionate about because you hear me talking about it all the time, and that is the importance of email marketing. I know everybody wants to think that email is dead. It is not. Email has the single greatest return on investment as far as marketing is concerned. It's If you do it right, it's like an ATM machine. You stick a dollar in You get four back, okay? Uh, Actually, it's more like 40. I think it's like a 40X return on investment is what I saw uh, recently in a study. And so today, what I wanted to do is bring on an expert for you in email marketing because the biggest objection I always get from everybody is, well, writing emails is boring and nobody wants to read these emails and how do I drive engagement with my emails? Well, uh, so what I brought in today was a gentleman, Bobby Clink who happens to know a few things about how to make email interesting and not so boring. In fact, uh, he's built an email list where people kind of start to panic a little bit. Uh, if they suspected that they've missed an email from him, they'll reach out and say, hey, did I miss one? Uh, can you resend it to me? And so uh, I had to bring on Bobby Clink today uh, to talk about how to make email not suck. So Bobby, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm excited to be here. And and I've got to say to listeners, I hope you'll, you'll listen to me, even though I'm not a former law enforcement officer, but at least I'm a former prosecutor. So I understand I, I, you know, uh, I worked with law enforcement officers. So, you know, I know who you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Never did that. Never did that. So especially
1: DUI defense attorneys. Those are the worst (laughs) man.
0: But yeah, I mean, I love talking about email and it's one of those things. You're right. I mean, what you mentioned that the ROI stats, I never know if those are accurate because I'm always like, how do they measure that? And I'm not quite sure how they measure mm. it, but I have no doubt that for me in building my business, I, I transitioned out of my own law firm or started that process in 2017. And there is no question that email has driven my business growth, has driven my my sales, my revenue. Yeah. and you know like i kind of had i kind of had to make it fun and entertaining because i sell legal templates or that's how i started and if you think about it that's like that's really boring nobody wants that stuff and so um i said if you sell something that boring your marketing better be fun. and so that's kind of what i did and 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 i really focused on it and i love it so I, i love chatting email i'm excited for today's talk
1: awesome well since you already started down this path of talking about metrics and how we measure that stuff. Let's talk about metrics because that is something that drives me absolutely insane about email marketing. And I always get a look of shock on people's face when I tell them uh, it email marketing isn't about whether or not people even read your emails and not to focus on things like open rates and read through rates. And it's not that they're unimportant entirely. But some people place way too much emphasis on those things and and Donald Miller has said it best he says the sole purpose of email marketing is to put your business's name in the person's inbox so they can see it and swipe it away right So let's talk about metrics because I know you've got some opinions on that too yep.
0: so and that's one of the things yeah and, and and I look I think email plays that role and others I think email can, can play some important roles and and I'll be clear there are some emails where some metrics matter right Yes. in a sales email, Oh, yeah. Open rates and click rates matter, right? Because you know that you've got to know, hey, if nobody's clicking on this, no one's gonna see my sale within within reason. But my big frustration and the space I come from, most of the people used email to promote their weekly content. That's what most emails they're doing with it. And so they're like looking at open rates and click-through rates. And that always seems strange to me because I've got a podcast. That's that's my content, has been forever. And I don't know about you, Adam, but I listen to podcasts and I never get an email and then click on a link in that email to go listen to a podcast, right? I, I'm, I, it's on my podcast app. And so it's one of those things. I never cared about click-through rate um, on emails and even open rates. They were always not really great and and not you know numbers you could rely on. But with the latest iOS update... Everybody, just so listeners know, everybody that you're sending an email to that uses a native mail app on any Apple device, so a Mac, an iPad, or an iPhone, regardless of what their email address is, if they're using that to open emails, every email you send them is going to show as opened, period, full stop. You're not going to know whether they opened it. So, you know, you're not going to know anything from it. So, why care about it? Now, I say that there are some limits. Like, if your open rate is low enough, it's a problem because you can get into kind of a death spiral of deliverability where, you know, Gmail, Google says, hey, nobody wants to open these emails. So they'll stop putting it in the good place and start putting it in the bad places, promo tabs, spam folders, et cetera. But other than that, those things don't matter. And I know people don't like this, but I've always said that. I measure the success of my email marketing more on feel than on metrics. And it's kind of like, does it feel like people are engaging with it? And really what I care about is, are people hitting reply to start a conversation with me? And that's not going to be a huge number, but when that starts happening, that's the goal. Because look, somebody opening an email is eh. I mean, you know, that's not really a sign that they really connected with you but someone clicking reply actually does say something pretty important. It says that somehow something you've said connected with them as a human being. And ultimately that's what our marketing needs to do is connect with people as people to build a relationship, to build the rapport so that they then are remembering us as someone that they potentially want to be buying from.
1: Absolutely. So how do you suggest then that people find their voice and how mm-hmm. to write their emails? Because yeah. I think that's the hardest part. Like people know how to write. And trust me, especially cop cop entrepreneurs, cop renewers, they know how to write. We know how to write reports. So <laughs> but, but not emails so much, so, right? So, so <laughs> these not is good emails.
0: Be, <laughs> th- this is gonna be the one the one podcast where I can actually make this reference and people are gonna get it. So in my days as a prosecutor, when I was preparing, I was a federal prosecutor, when I was preparing any law enforcement officer to testify at trial, I would start by asking them the questions. And what would they say? They would say, um, you know, uh, and I don't even remember how you would refer to people, but like the female exited the vehicle. I said, no, the woman got out of the car. And so it's kind of like part of that is what you got to do. Talk like a human being. And look, I get why when you're writing reports, using standard language is very important. But in email, you need to sound like a person. And so one of the things I tell people is, and there is a great quote from a Shakespeare play. I've never read this play, but everyone tells it to me. The first thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers. And so I give that quote to people. And my point of that is, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, and again, for listeners, I always point out that was actually a compliment to lawyers because the person who says that in the play wants to like have anarchy and have a coup. And so you say, hey, the first thing we got to do is kill all the lawyers. But at any rate, I use it as a reference. So let's kill off like thinking we have to speak in perfect King's English and be perfect. Mm-hmm. My emails regularly have typos. Now I don't do it on purpose, but people actually like resonate with that. They like that I have typos because they know that means Bobby wrote this email and it's coming from me, et cetera. And so really it, it it's about just deciding to sound like you. And if you struggle with it, one of the things I suggest to people is get on a video call with some of your friends, just record it and, and just record how you talk. And start to pick up on those things and then try to use that in the voice in your email. I'm somebody who, when I'm talking, I often say side note, and I literally will like go off on a tangent. So my emails have that. So people know that and expect that. I speak in run on sentences, I have sentence fragments. And so all of those things make their way into the way I write my emails so that people have said when they meet me in person, they feel like, I mean, just the cadence of my voice. Everything is exactly like they would expect from my email. It takes time to do that, but what you have to do is be willing to 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 ditch the notion that you need to be perfect. And and again, my my grammar teachers, all my English teachers, I wouldn't let them read my emails. They'd be very upset. But but there's a reason for that because yeah. talk like you really talk.
1: I struggle and just use that. I struggle with the spelling part, not, not, not with actually spelling, but I struggle with leaving my typos in my emails and not because it bothers me that a typo would go out to my audience and they would see it, but because I don't like the red squiggly line underneath the word, (laughs) like (laughs) I want, I want it to go away.
0: (laughs) So, so my problem is, and again, like everybody will pick up on this and there's some like running jokes, like, there's a 50, 50 chance. If one of my emails, like if, if you were to get one of my emails and it it has the word thing in it, there's a 50, 50 chance that it should have been think for some reason. (laughs) Like I mix up the G's and the K's when I'm typing all the time. And I think like I often add a Y at the end of words, like that have an L at the end. So I'll say personally, instead of personal and things like that. And I'm not meaning to, I just might fingers are typing and they get it wrong. And and again, it's funny, my, my avid readers, they know it and they expect those kinds of things by now. Uh, and it becomes almost a joke for them to, Hey, let's find, let's find Bobby's typo in this one. Like I got, I got an email back um, because earlier today, I, I not earlier today, earlier this week, I sent an email and it was about legal stuff. And I said, Hey, if I could get people to, 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 to learn one thing from me, it would be to have a written agreement for every a, uh, every agreement, or relationship that's important to your business, and it's not period. And it was supposed to say no exceptions, and it actually said no expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, that, oh boy, that could lead to some misunderstanding, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I mean, again, in some sense, it's still fit, right? Because you should yeah, not have yeah. any expectations. Yeah. But someone politely emailed back said, "I assume you meant ex- exceptions here." It's so, like, "Yep, sure did." <laughs> so.
1: Now, some people have likened your emails to a bit of a a murder mystery, if you will, that keeps them coming back for more. And so I wanna talk a little bit more with you about storytelling as an effective tool for email marketing. But first, we need to take a quick mid-roll break and then we'll come back and talk about that a little bit more. Hey, Adam here, just taking a quick break. Do you want to turn your website visitors into loyal fans? I want to let you know real quick about a free guide I wrote that will teach you how to use email marketing to educate and nurture your subscribers. Did you know that email marketing gives an average return of $44 for every $1 spent? If you've tried email marketing in the past and have been unsuccessful, this guide will give you everything you need to get it right and start seeing results from your efforts. Just go to leo2ceo.com forward slash email dash guide, and you can download the guide instantly. Again, that's leo2ceo.com forward slash email dash guide. Back to the show. All right. I'm back here with Bobby and we're going to talk about storytelling as a tool for your email marketing. So tell me about these murder mystery-ish <laughs> emails bobby so is this just part of the prosecutor in you coming out or what is it
0: uh, no and and i mean i don't actually tell murder mysteries but but the point so i actually had someone when i um when i was first starting to teach email i was doing these these uh sessions inside of a membership i had and i would give him my swipe file so i would every time i'd give him an example and like my sales sequence swipe files will be 100 pages long because there's just a lot there. There's a lot of different things and I'm going to send a lot of emails. And at some point, someone like downloaded it and said, "You know, normally these things I flip through and I don't really pay attention, but this is like reading a murder mystery. So when you're writing a sales sequence, one of the things you never actually want to tell people that there's something they need to stick around for because you want them to buy, right? You don't want them to stay around to get all the emails. But as I go through the emails, like each email, then not each email, but oftentimes I refer back to things in the prior email. So there's just kind of things like that happening. But that's the sales sequences, which have some stories, but often more analogies. But my weekly emails are, I like to say it's basically a a drunkard's walk with an entrepreneur. It's... (laughs) You just get some random, <laughs> that's my random jam. story. Yeah. I mean, it's, Sign it's, me it's, up, some, Jack. <laughs> it's some random story from my life that I, I can pull and tease a lesson out of that relates to whatever lesson is in my weekly content, which is what I'm emailing about for the most part. And so I've told stories about, um, you know, all kinds of things. One was spurred by the way, it was Easter week a few years ago. And, uh, my subject line was, I don't like sweet baby Jesus dot, dot, dot. And it was not about the person it was about a beer. And I clarified that very quickly, but one of my friends, for those of you who don't know in the DC area, there's this brewery, it's, it's in Maryland somewhere, but they brew a beer called sweet baby Jesus. It's a strong Porter with chocolate and peanut butter. And oh, I think good. it's,
1: I could use one of those right now.
0: See, I think it's an atrocity because <laughs> I think beer should be simple. And so that was the point. I mean, the, the point yeah. I tease, because one of my friends would always bring these over and nobody ever drank them. So they'd stay in my fridge. And so I saw it and I said, I had to send an email about it. But the point of my podcast episode that week was that we should be keeping our business simple. And so I tell the story of this beer and I say, they've ruined it because beer like business should be simple. And so that's kind of how I made a pivot to it. So I do things like that. I've told stories about um, debate from high school and things like that. When I, when I gave a great speech, I've told stories. um, My my first ever story-based email, when I made this shift, the subject line was in quotes, why are you sending me pictures of you with random women? And it was a story of, I was at my first entrepreneur event. It's a group that was 400 entrepreneurs of which I think I was literally one of five guys. And I took a picture and with with the person who was hosting it, who I was doing work with aside, I mean, I was working with her on legal stuff and one of her teammates. And I didn't even notice that the the person who was hosting the event, like photobomb me in one of these episodes with her tongue out, just looking ridiculous. (laughs) And I didn't notice that until I'm back in my room that night. And I live on the East Coast. This was on the West Coast. It was like midnight. I texted that picture to my wife. And I woke up the next morning with a text back from her. Why are you sending me pictures of you with random women? Because it hadn't occurred to me that me just sending a, sending a picture of me, you know, having a great time with women might not, you know, go over well with my wife. Right. <laughs> and so that was the first story I told. it, And, and I learned something because I before that, I had always said what, what a lot of us do when we start out. If we're if we're publishing content and that's what our, our weekly pod or weekly email is about. Before that email, my email would say, In this week's episode of the podcast, we're talking about X, Y, and Z. In it, you'll learn. And I would just kind of try to give some curiosity, but it was just like I didn't know what to say. So I was just doing that, and that was it. Well, I sent this email about the story with my wife in the picture, and I got so many responses, and people loved it. And people could not get over that they finally saw me as a person, not just a company. And that was a moment of connection that was powerful for them. And the next week I followed up. I don't remember what the story was the next week. It was not that powerful. But after that second one, I got an email back from someone who said something like, you know, I've been on your list for a long time, but for the first time, I feel like you're a person. And Mm. for the first time, I want to do business with
1: you. And then there was a light bulb. Yep.
0: Yep. Bing and, and I say, look, I'm like pa- like Pavlov's dogs. I am imminently trainable. You know, you give me positive reinforcement, I will keep whatever whatever they were doing. You know, hearing the bell and salivating or whatever it is, and and that's what's happened. So I just kind of leaned into it, and since then, my emails are all about that. And so this is weekly emails. It's sales emails. When I did webinars, it was in invitation emails. All of them have been around either a story, a tidbit from my life or something like that, that that lets people connect with me. And so as a result, what I've done is kind of position myself as a friend, not some rando on the internet. So when I then do go to sell, they're ready, they're primed, they're ready. You know, If it's the right product for them, if it will actually help them, they're going to buy from me and they don't think about buying from anyone else.
1: Yeah. I think that's sort of a learned, uh, well, maybe not learned so much as it is a skill that you have to learn through intentionality first, because I, I mean, I love email marketing. I do a lot of it myself, not only for my own business, but also for my clients, uh, writing their, their emails and such. But I struggle sometimes to look at, like, and I don't know why it seems obvious, but as I'm, I'm walking through this thing we called life and having hilarious experiences around me and frustrating ones, whatever the gamut is, I, I very rarely think in that moment, oh, I have to translate this to an email, right? So right. Um, I think that's just, a, it's a learned thing to make that that connection, right? How do you, so how do you teach yourself that?
0: So, and that's the thing. one of the things that I'm, I'm different than a lot of people um, in that I admit that part of the reason that I'm good at what I teach is uh, natural ability. So I take, I, I don't know if you, if you've done the Gallup finders test, but to me, that's one of the best of the personality things. And, when I took mine and, and you're reading through it and literally in the bullets or in the descriptions of one, it says something like this. Again, this is just me answering questions, not talking about anything. And one of the things it says is you naturally tell stories from your personal life and relate them to your business. Like literally oh, that's well, in the description. <laughs> so it's part of what I naturally do. But what I teach people to do is to start thinking in in terms of themes. So you start with, hey, what is it that I'm going to want to convey to people related to my business or related to what I'm doing as the message, as the lesson, and come up with themes around those. And so for me, I happen to be rebellious in a lot of, a lot of what I'm talking about and talk about why the status quo advice is bad. So that's a theme for me. I have to come up with stories that will fit in with following this, the, the status quo or following the standard advice being a mistake. So you start to come up with these categories. And once you've done that, what I suggest to people is, for most people, it's on a weekly basis. You, you ask questions, but maybe on a daily basis. What did I do? Who did I meet? Where did I go? If you ask those three questions, so again, like, what did I do this week? Who did I meet with this week? And where did I go this week? And, and you start cataloging those things and you kind of go through it and you say, okay, well, I, I went to Target. Did anything Ugh. happen at, again, <laughs> <whatever. Ugh>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What? And, was, and you can think it. Why was that the first thing that came to your mind? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost as bad side, as Walmart. <laughs> side note, the reason why I came to mind is because I'm picking my daughter up from school t- today because my wife's birthday is coming up. And so I'm going to take her to buy my wife a present. And uh, the first inclination for her would be Target because it's right across the street from her school. But so that, that's why it was <laughs> in my head. But anyway, I mean, you can do the things like that. You just say, okay, where did I go? And you come up with it. And then you click through it in your mind and say, okay, could I tell a story about what happened to me that fits into any one of these categories? So that's kind of how you do it on an ongoing basis. But then eventually some of the best stuff comes from mining your past and and thinking through other older experiences. Because you kind of want to give people a, a, especially if you're driving or building what I call a personality brand, which most of us are. So it doesn't have to be a personal brand, but people want to connect with us as the founder in making the decision. They want to know different aspects of your life. And so Giving them different things to connect with as part of it. Another thing that I, I caution people is this is not about coming up with epic stories. I, I say it's these stories should be more Seinfeld, less Game of Thrones. So think of it in in these little tidbits of, you know, nothingness. I, I mean, I think about the fact that Seinfeld had, had a whole episode about waiting in a, a, a Chinese food, um, restaurants waiting room. They had another episode about getting like your car lost in a garage, and not being able to find it. The whole episode's about that. So it's those little things are the, the, what most of your stories will be about. So it doesn't have to be a big event. Yeah. Um, I, I've sent emails, um, Before, like when I, when I would run webinars, my last, my 10 minute warning advising people, Hey, you know, it starts in 10 minutes. Uh, The subject line would be the best advice I ever received and your 10 minute warning. And it would tell the story of before my, one of my friends got married and I was in the wedding party. His dad looked at us and said, we're going to the bathroom. Like right before we were going to go out, we both said, we don't need to go to the bathroom. And he said, you never pass up an opportunity to go to the bathroom. That's the best advice. And I use that and I said, and by the way, <laughs> y- you should go to the bathroom right now because you only have 10 minutes and you don't want to miss any, any of this webinar. So again, it's like just, I mean, think about that. That was like 10 seconds of my life that I could use as this funny little hook. And and as you exercise the muscle, you will get better at it.
1: Yeah. Oh that's true about anything right yeah. um but well i i want to encourage everybody then to 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 go through that process with me actually because i need to start thinking about it that way more too i was actually sitting here re- recalling as you were sharing this with me that the power of storytelling the w- one of the times where i really did that and i don't know why it was at the time but i sat down and i was writing this email and this thing came to mind about an experience that that i had somebody i knew who is terrified to go to the dentist and she um, she went to the dentist. She had to have some dental work and the dentist actually asked, Hey, what would make you feel more comfortable when you come back to have this procedure done? And she said, I would like a, a glass of wine and uh, one of those eye covers. Right. <laughs> and she said it kind of jokingly and the, and the dentist laughed. haha, Right. But when she came back, he actually gave her a little bottle of wine And one of those, and that like did it for her. And so I translated that story into a piece of marketing advice. And I actually had one of my subscribers respond to me to that email and say, this is the single best marketing email I have ever read. Um, And you think that that would have been a trigger moment for me to recognize that I should have probably shifted at that point to using story more, uh, at least personal story, I should say, right? I emphasize story. Uh, in general as a piece of marketing, but I maybe don't get personal enough about it as often as I should.
0: Yeah. And I think the shift is to me, and because we had talked about this, like story brand is great. And I think story brand and the concept of you being the guide and those things, yes. that is very yeah. powerful in conversion copyright, because you should not be the star in, mm-hmm. at the conversion phase. Right. But in your weekly emails, really, this is about, it's about connecting with people and they want to figure out, Hey, do I like Adam? Is Adam the guy that I want to be my guide? And so for that, the personal connection is powerful and and, and can really work. And again, I'll tell you, like you can like, once you get good at this, you can mine stuff. So I mentioned my email I sent earlier this week, which was about um the importance of getting your agreements in writing and i talk about that a lot but one of the things i tell people is most of the disputes i saw as a lawyer when there are contract disputes or, or kind of a, disputes about agreements it's not about one side being a jerk intentionally it's about people having different memories of what what the agreement was and i say the best way to solve that is with a written agreement well i told a story about a, a 15 year running argument i had with my dad uh, when I went home at one point when I was in law school, we went to Costco together and we we bought a a, a luggage set and I took the rollerboard with me. My memory was that's the only reason we bought it because I said I wanted that and he said I'd take the rest. His memory was that I was only borrowing that one. So for the next 15 years when I would come home and he'd see me with this really high quality, <laughs> I mean it was a Costco brand that lasted better than anything I've ever gotten. But when I, I continued to, to bring it home, he would say, "Oh, that's that suitcase you stole from." Me. And so I, I made this point. I said, "Look, I couldn't have had a contract with my dad, but it's an example of, of we both had just had very different memories." And that's an example of literally just pulling a random little thing that happened in my life, right, and relating it to the lesson. And, yeah. and you know, all of a sudden, I become a more three dimensional person because people, you know, I mean, obviously, theoretically, they know that I have parents, but they hear me talk about, and they, they get some insight into the relationship. And it's important. Like my dad is important for my brand separately because he was a business owner and, and he taught me a lot kind of through osmosis, if you will, about how to run a business the right way and, and care and serve your people. And so I talk about him. So them kind of, you know, having him as this character is another important piece. Yeah. My teammates are, are people who are characters in my emails and I use characters. I mean, it's all true, but they get to see that, that oftentimes my teammates are the straight man to me that being the zany part of a comedy duo. I'm the one doing the zany and they're the one saying, Oh Bobby, you know, rolling their eyes at me, but it becomes this thing and people figure out that eventually. And they start to uh, kind of like with friends, like people are like, you know, you're, you're a Chandler, you're whatever. And they start to, to see you in certain roles and the different people in yeah. your stories as playing these different roles. And guess what? Then they're connected to you and your business in such a powerful way.
1: Yeah. I can't agree with you more about those nurture emails needing to be relatable. I I actually, I generally refer to sales emails as soap opera emails, and I refer to my nurture emails as Seinfeld emails for that exact reason. But I think part of my struggle is I tend to be somewhat of a private person sometimes when it comes to my personal life. And that's probably something I just need to learn to get over. And I'm guaranteeing you that there are other people in this audience that are saying the same thing because we're trained in law enforcement to. To be very private about our personal lives because it can potentially put them at risk depending upon what sort of a role you're in in law enforcement, uh, as I was with you know U.S. marshals and doing some undercover stuff with uh, drug task force. But anyway, I don't want
0: to get too much deeper into that.
1: We only have a few quick minutes can left I, here.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Can, can I can, let me respond to that because that that's an important thing. Just so people understand, I talk about my wife. I talk about my daughter. I've never put a picture of either. I've never disclosed either one of their names. I, I've never done that, so you can always draw lines around things. It's about figuring out where is the line. What is it that you're willing to share with people? And again, like yeah. for example, I, I share the fact that I, you know I was in debate in high school. Eh, you know, I mean that's that's not something that anyone could use. And you just have to find those areas that you're comfortable with. But I want to be clear: draw those lines, have those boundaries. I'm very clear on that, and and, and I want everyone listening to understand you can draw those boundaries as well.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for pointing that out. That's important. I needed to hear that too. Um, so thank you. Uh, let's spend the last couple of minutes here talking about your book that is coming out as of the date that this is planned to be scheduled. <laughs> it's coming out tomorrow, which is called email marketing. That doesn't suck. Have fun writing emails. Your subscribers will want to read and that will actually make you
0: money. There yeah. you go. So yeah, that, that, that's coming out tomorrow. Um, it, it's a book that, um, you know, that I was passionate about writing. I, I talk about a lot of stuff when it comes to, to business building, et cetera. But email has been my first love. And so this is a book that, um, you know, it's, it's meant to make email suck less for you as the business owner and for the people on your list. Because honestly, I think that's the big problem. I think most people, and, and I used to be like this. When you sit down to write an email for the most part, and you know, you see that blinking cursor and you're like, what the heck am I going to write? And you know, that's what a lot, that's the feeling of kind of dread that a lot of people have. And I think part of it is that we have built up in our minds what we have to do, that that we have to do all this stuff. And I'm like, what if for most emails, other than as you call them, the soap opera sales sequences, other than those, what if we just took all the pressure off and said, you know what? I'm just going to tell some stories. And, and, and that became how you approached your emails. And so you didn't worry about, is this going to be optimized to get the click, to get the conversions and to do all that? Cause that's not what you're supposed to be doing in a nurture sequence. Mm-hmm. And so that's really like the big thrust behind it. But also when you start doing this, people will start to enjoy your emails. At least the right people will. Let me be clear. Some people won't, but guess what? Some people aren't going to like what you do, no matter what you do. That's right. And Um, so one of the things I always tell people is, um, you've got to be willing to to kind of do that. And, and so I'll, I'll stress that that's the idea behind the book. And there's really kind of two parts to the book. Well, there is two parts to the book and there's really two very different feels to the book. Part one is kind of my swift kick in the rear end where I'm, um, trying to shift the way you think about email more than anything else. I mean, so it's not tactical so much, but it's really thinking, like, how do we think about email? And then part two gets more tactical and talks about a journey you can take people on through different series, through different types of sequences and make it work. But it's really meant to kind of give you this this view where email doesn't have to be this, this big, ugly, hard, annoying thing to do.
1: Awesome. So if you're listening to this on the day that it came out, this episode, the book will launch tomorrow. But as of right now, there is the audiobook available for 99 cents just through this week. So if you go to the website, cpp.fm, and pull up this episode, there will be a link to that. Um, and then you could buy the actual book tomorrow. And Bobby, you had. A special offer for—I think it was anybody through the end of the month of May that mm-hmm. buys the book is going to get for free to have, attend your live event, "Badass Email Marketing Live." Right?
0: Yeah, it, yeah. And to clarify, you said audiobook. It's an ebook. At some point, oh, I'm, I'm recording sorry. an audiobook. Yes, ebook. Sorry, sorry. I'm going to record an audio but a, that is a daunting I'm a terrible task. Host today. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that is a daunting task if you've never tried like. Look, I speak a lot. I'm great at speaking, but reading and reading a whole book, mm-hmm. it's going to be a process. But, no, but as somebody,
1: somebody that likes audiobooks myself, thank oh, yeah. you for doing your own audiobook. Because there's oh, yeah. nothing that turns me off more than when somebody else, like the author, doesn't do their own audiobook. <sighs> I, uh, right. yeah I,
0: anyway I mean everybody's very clear there's no way I can have anyone besides me do it so plus like the book actually it has like 160 footnotes only three of them are substantive the, th- the footnotes are all like kind of the nonsense they're the humor they're the you know I, I make references to to the princess bride I make references to a lot of different things in there so that's part of the other things figuring that out but yeah no the 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 ebook uh, will be available at 99 cents through May 9th um it's the first week special but what we're doing, we actually we do live these virtual events live, and we love it. And so we're doing one at the end of the month called "Badass Email Marketing Live." Anyone who's bought even just the ninety-nine cent ebook will get to come to that absolutely free. Um, And awesome. we'll have two days diving in, going all about over all of this stuff.
1: I will be there, sir. You can yeah, count on great. me. I'm buying that book. All right, uh, let everybody know real quick how they can connect with you, and then mm-hmm. we're gonna sign off here.
0: Yep. So you can just find me, my website's bobbyclink.com. I'm also on all the socials, Bobby Clink, you can find me. Um, My two best socials are Facebook, where I I like to do it, and Instagram. And we can connect there and we can go deeper and and I'll always answer you. So get on my email list and I'll start emailing you too.
1: And as always, all those links will be on the episode notes for this episode. So guys, go check it out. Bobby, thank you for being on the show. Awesome. Awesome, Awesome stuff. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo 2 forward slash podcast review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other compreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.